brought to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia. Coming up on this week's episode of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. The first year in a new program is, is usually the, the, the toughest. It's going to be very emotional. It's probably going to be a packed house. Offense, offense, offense. Yes, it and was. Some teams delivered and some did not. I got something right for a change. <laughs> I think you're right on that. I agree with you. <laughs> Welcome to another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast here at Georgia Public Broadcasting. Thanks for accessing us however you are doing so. And for this go-round, we spend time in middle Georgia. We spend some time in Warner Robins. We spend some time in Cochrane. We catch up with the head coach, the new head coach of your Houston County Bears. It's time to catch up with Jeremy Edwards. We catch up with him. And first-year head coach, we get to find out what it's like for him to be a first-year head coach in Middle Georgia. And we also get to catch up with a guy who went home a couple of years ago to be the head coach of the Royals of Bleckley County, Von Lasseter. And uh, it's, uh, it's a fun one this week. It really is. It is. They have a really good relationship and didn't even know each other was going to be on the podcast today. So you guys definitely want to stick around and listen to that all the way through. All, all of that karma that's all attached. Of that, yes. All of that chemistry. Yep. Hey, you're dry this week. I, this is the first time in four weeks that you did not get rained on, and I just want well, to say I'm so happy for you. I mean, I it was it couldn't quite make up its mind, and there were times where it would kind of drizzle a little bit, but it wasn't the torrential downpours that we've had on most of the <laughs> other broadcasts so far this year where I've completely blown up my raincoat. Okay, uh, pull back the curtain. Story time with John. Uh, my favorite. I, I can, are you telling the Are you telling the coach story? No, no, no. You, okay, you okay, can tell okay. the coach story. Okay. You can tell the coach story all you want. Uh, when I go and am out in the field doing a sideline and field anchoring at the game of the week for Football Fridays in Georgia, because the weather has been so bad this year, I will double raincoat myself. <laughs> Why? Why? Isn't that what one raincoat's job is supposed to do? You haven't been outside in the rain this year. You're right. You're right. So we have uh, as as part of our as part of our wardrobe, we have the thin raincoat, and we have the the thicker all weather one that you see on the air. If the weather's really bad, and it has been, if it's either really cold or really wet, I will double raincoat myself, and I have double raincoated myself. For three of the first four weeks, I didn't double raincoat last week because Mother Nature couldn't make up her mind, and it kind of it kind of drizzled a little bit. But yeah, I double raincoat. Swear, double raincoat, and that's what I do to try to stay as dry as possible. So the electronics that I'm attached to also don't fritz and fry out. So it's it's kind of part and parcel to a larger picture. At our morning meeting this morning, Matt brought up that. John needs a new hat, so they have that a, is they have a new hat coming for you. Don't yes, worry. that is another thing. Is so, that so the hats the coach story too. was Parkview head coach Eric Godfrey, right? That yeah. saw you in the raincoat. Uh huh. They were starting to come back. Uh huh. It was halftime. Uh huh. And he said, "You can't take off the raincoat." Correct. Because you've already you've already set the pace of the game mm-hmm. with your coat on. Yes. So you can't take your raincoat off, and you didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't. The rest of the games. So yeah, well, I, you know, it. I had to respect what the what the man wanted yeah, to. I have I mean, to respect the request. Yeah. I mean, it, come on. 
Well, let's recap our game. It was Parkview versus North Gwinnett at Tom Robinson Stadium. Just a little drizzle. The Bulldogs came on strong with a 14-3 lead by the second quarter, but couldn't hold on to it. The Panthers battled back, then broke the game wide open with two pick six in the fourth quarter, winning it 48-21 to go 3-0 on the year. North Gwinnett is now 2-2. Two and two. What did you see, John? Well, Terrence Curtis and Zealous Hicks. Zealous Hicks is a part of the, the youth movement that we're seeing at Parkview that is part and parcel to the youth movement, really, the, what we're seeing in Gwinnett. County. We see it, we saw it at Collins Hill, and we saw it with both of these teams in North Gwinnett and Parkview, where they're playing a lot of freshmen and sophomores. And so these teams that are building right now, you're going to see these guys. You're going to we're going to be talking about the same names for the next couple of seasons yeah. when it comes to a lot of teams that we've seen so far this year in Gwinnett County. Uh, one of those picks was 98 and a half yards for a score. 99 yards. We'll, we'll give him the half. Yeah, give 99 him half. yards. You'll, you'll round up. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, Georgia Cotton Commission player of the game was uh, Kyer Spain. Ran uh, yep. 25 for 188 and had uh, a touchdown. Also had uh, passes, I think, for about 40 yards total. So he had about 230 yards of total offense for uh, Coach Godfrey and Parkview. Uh, dominant performance. And you know, just as soon as North Gwinnett you know, was close and then you had the two pick sixes as they were trying to make sure that they could get within a one-score game, get the two pick sixes, and it was a 48-21 final. So Parkview now goes to 3-0, and uh, North Gwinnett at 2-2. Uh, two and two. But now it was fun to be out there even if it was uh, only a raincoat that I could not take off even <laughs> if it wasn't raining. I honestly, in the first quarter, I was like, man, this is, you know, Parkview from last year and years Years passed recently, mm-hmm. and I was like, there is so much hype around Parkview. Well, boy, they, they showed up. John took them a little bit to warm up, but they showed up. Yeah, and we got to see, I got our first look at K-Mac, who, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, one of the large forces for yeah. North Gwinnett up front, and you got to see why. And then he got to see. Caden McDonald. Yeah, I mean, you got to see uh, Caden McDonald hey, he before. He scored two touchdowns. <laughs> yes. Well, and, and then he was heading to the University of Michigan to see Michigan beat yeah. up on Hawaii and the Rainbow Warriors after that for another official yeah, visit. He might be questioning his, his Florida well, after the after the Kentucky game, do we have any Kentucky? Do we have any Kentucky fans or oh, Lori Cover, producer oh, Lori, yeah, with yeah, her, her connections to UK. So, uh, you know, right now, it's, you know, where's KMAC going to go? We'll yeah. find out on yeah, Halloween. We'll find out. Still it, projected Clemson. In, in, insert your Halloween cliche here about well, the Florida decision. Florida was after him strong. They that, still are. Yeah. You know, team in orange, know. team in orange, and an, an, an and an announcement on Halloween for KMAC. So that was fun to see him really as one of those. Big forces on the front line for Coach Stewart North Gwinnett. One team will be tricked, and one team will be there treated. There you go. There it is. I had to get that in There's, there. Right. There it is. This week, my theme for my top five game scoreboard was offense, offense, offense. Yes, it and was. Some teams delivered, and some teams did not. Mm-hmm. So we have all corners of the state. We'll start in the Atlanta area where Milton beat Roswell 14-7. to The Eagles defended a fourth and three at the Milton four-yard line in the final seconds. Quarterback Luke Nickel was 16 of 24 passing for 173 yards and a touchdown. He also rushed for 32 yards. That was a pretty good game. What did you think about that one? Oh, that was solid, too. I mean, it was uh, what you anticipated, that it was going to be a game that was going to be decided late. Yeah, yeah. late, one-score game. Yeah. It was pretty much exactly what we thought. It could have gone either way. I got something right for a change. <laughs> I think you're right on that. I agree with you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then in the East, we have Ware County beating Benedictine 14-10. to The Cadets had two possessions after getting within 14-10, but didn't amount to much. Ware held them to nine first downs and forced three turnovers. Nine. So, all right. So, I, I debated. Mm-hmm. I seriously mm-hmm. debated 
having Jason Strickland, the head coach of Ware County, in as as one of our guests. And we know that we're going to have Jason on the show at some point this year. After the two teams combined for 91 points last year, 49-42. <laughs> I know. We were like, this is going to be a it's gonna huge be a offensive bigger, It's going to be an offensive so of You course, were like, what, put that as number one. <laughs> and so, of course, what happens? Defensive. 14-10 to 10 defensive the thing, battle. But the thing is, I think what that does is that wakes up everybody else who has Ware County and Benedictine on their schedules because it's like, oh, okay, you had – Stellar defenses from both of these teams going up against each other, stopping the other's high-powered offense. And so, you know, when you have Ware County stopping uh, Luke Cromanhoek and you have the uh, you have uh, Benedictine stopping the, the new quarterback at Ware County, when you've got them stopping Nico, I mean, it's it, that one I think sends up more of a flare yeah. than anything else that these are two well-rounded teams as they head into region play and head toward uh, seasons two and three. All right, so far we're on the same page, John. Yeah, I'm down with that. Over in the West, Cedartown beat Calhoun 21-7. Mm-hmm. Reese Tanner rushed for 115 yards and passed for 149 yards right. and two scores. Cedartown is now ranked number one for the first time since 1995. That fun fact comes to you from the GHSF Daily. Yep, and, uh, I mean, it's it's great to see when you have a, a really cool football town and, and they get to have this kind of recognition like that. So we'll, we'll see now that uh, now that everybody has them on their radar and the, the bullseye is there. It was great to have Jamie Abrams on the postgame yes. show, by the way. It was good mm-hmm. to catch up with him. But everybody's going to be gunning for Cedartown now. We'll see what happens with the, the Bulldogs now. With them at the top of the ladder. I have a bigger surprise I want to talk about, a but one of surprise? my surprises okay. is Valdosta defeating Warner Robins 25 to nothing, True. holding the Demons to just 78 total yards, mm. John. What happened? Once again, I mean, it's, and this is one of the points that I make when it comes to season one. Warner Robins, you have uh, with our upcoming guest. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're you're introducing new coaches, you're introducing new position coaches, and offense. When you when you're Warner Robins and you lose your offensive coordinator, you're bringing in off and you and another two assistants. You're going to have that period of adjustment. Warner Robins also trying to to find a quarterback. So your season one for yeah. Warner Robins yeah. is settling in, finding a quarterback. Yeah. Get into season two. That's where you make your hay. Get you ready for season three. So it's just all about the build right now for Warner Robins and all about making progress. That's how I'm looking at things for the Demons. And finally, yeah. down down south, the game she that came finally. through with the offense. Right. Colquitt County beat Lee County 48-27. to The Packers scored 27 consecutive points after Lee County pulled within 21-20 to midway in the third quarter mm-hmm. and finished with 569 total yards. Pretty good night for the Packers. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that one was back and forth until late third quarter, and then Sean Calhoun and Cockwood County put the pedal down for the the big win there for them. So, I mean, that's that's another one where you sit there, and that's a marker across the bow that Cockwood County uh, played Lee and put 48 on Lee County. So, obviously, it'll be a good learning experience for the the Trojans of Lee County and head coach Dean Fabrizio. But, yeah, Cockwood County, I think, just put up an, an early marker in football here in uh, in Georgia, not just in South Georgia, but in Georgia overall. Our web game was Blessed Trinity versus St. Pius. Mm-hmm. BT won 14 to seven. We had both of those coaches on the post game show, and my big upset for the night, which we talked about it on the post game show, Cedar Grove defeating Collins Hill 40 to six. Yeah, 46 yards rushing, 46 yards passing, so 92 total yards of offense for uh, Collins Hill mm. and Cedar Grove. By the way. Yeah, kind of teasing their schedule. Once again, you know, we always mention that they're, they'll play anybody and no conscience, don't care. They're at Mill Creek this week. 
Yikes. We're going to go ahead and play another 7A school just because. <laughs> Why not? Just because. Why not? Well, but that's the thing. It's like you ask you ask the folks at Cedar Grove, you know, it's like how confident are you as a team? Yeah, we're confident because that's how we've, how we've structured things. And Cedar Grove is yeah. a force, not just in AAA, mind you, top ranked in AAA, but around the state of Georgia. They are a force right now in high school football. They are uh, a championship contender? In oh, no question. Opinion? Absolutely. Yeah. No doubt. Okay. I mean, you look at AAA at Cedar Grove, Calvary Day, which will be fun looking at Jake Merklinger, uh, Coney County, Sandy Creek, Peach County, who put up a, a big number against Jones last week. You've got Crisp, Darty's at 4-0. Stevens, Mary Persons, Carver Columbus was uh, one of the shocks with their upset. But yeah, obviously, right now, Cedar Grove for me, one of the favorites to win in AAA. Awesome. All right. Well, we got a lot coming up on the show. We're going to grab some tissues for when we do the staff whip around. Yes. For uh, that is true. Your score. <laughs> the tissues are for you, John. Well, I why? Because I recognized what happened. Okay, we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about it later. All right. We're also going to preview our game of the week as well as two web games. We're going to tell you more about the two web games. But first, who do we have coming up, John? Lead off this week, the new head coach at Houston County. It's Jeremy Edwards, and we find out what it's like for him to be the guy in charge for the first time in his career. Welcome to the podcast, Coach Edwards, for the very first time. I feel like we time. should have trumpet fanfare or something for all the first-time coaches. That I come know. Up. Thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thanks, just, thanks for having me. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, <laughs> trying to keep my head above water and, and, and trying to keep on uh, keep on getting some wins and uh, making people happy in, in uh, bear country. Well, before we get into what was and what's to come. It's your first year ever as a head coach. Mm-hmm. How has it been and what have you learned? Uh, you know, it's been uh, kind of a whirlwind. That's kind of the word that I seem to always come up with when I get asked that question. I mean, it's a lot of things that um, I have to handle that I never had to deal with before as just an offensive coordinator. So learning how to do some new things and fundraise and all that stuff has been uh it's been fun, honestly. It's a challenge at times, but um, it just keeps me busy throughout the day and kind of gives me an opportunity to wear different hats. So so basically, when you do stuff with folks like us, it's a break from all of that other stuff. I see I see how this works. You wanted to take <laughs> a break from all of that. Yeah, I always like talking with you, John. <laughs> I mean, when you look at all of this stuff, now that you've had a little time to think about it, when does it it seems like a whirlwind because I think it was what in late December when you were named the head coach at Houston yes, County sir. when it was approved. Yes, mm-hmm. What's the biggest thing you think you've learned about yourself since December now that you're a head coach? Well, you know, when I got the job, I, I reached out to a bunch of people, um, you know, throughout the state that have a lot of experience doing it and kind of get their take on how to handle it and. You know, and I got all this stuff that they would send to me, and I tried to go through it and try to follow things, you know, um, calendars and things like that that people did. And I, I finally just realized I just got to I gotta be me. Um, and there is no secret recipe to doing it. Um, you just have to, you have to be real uh, with your team, with your staff, with your administration. You have to be yourself and just, uh, you know, give everybody your best every day, and, that, and that's what I try to do. 
Well, you've gotten off to a great start, 4-0, coming off a big win against Locust Grove, 68-12. to And I want to break down your offense first because 68 is a big number. Your quarterback was 10 of 10 passing for 298 yards, five touchdowns, almost entirely in the first half when you had a 68 to nothing lead. Tell me more about him and, and what makes your offense go. Yeah, A.J. Hill is our quarterback. He's, um, you know, obviously when I got here, we knew he was super talented. He's been uh, recruited since he was really in eighth grade. Um, and he's, I mean, he's six foot five, 210. Um, and he's really, honestly, he's, he's a football junkie. He's a student of the game. I don't know that he has any more hobbies, unfortunately. <laughs> he probably needs some more hobbies, but he's, he's all in with football. He's all in with Hoko. His family is. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit. He's, you know, we've had several coaches come through and ask about him and, and kind of watch him, and, and they're amazed with the ability that he has. And uh, at such a young age, he's just 15, just turned 15, actually. Mm. Wow. Um, so he's a very young sophomore, um, but he's, you know, he gets better and better each week, and he's playing at a high level right now. We need it in order to keep winning. When you look at the numbers that you've put up, I mean, when folks look at box scores and they'll go to their favorite dot coms and they'll see all the final scores and everything, do you have a chance, I guess, A, to enjoy those games with all the numbers that you're putting up, and B, does it blow you away the numbers that you're putting up, especially on the scoreboard? Well, you know, it's like we tell the kids, they got 24 hours to enjoy it. Um, I try to devote my Saturdays, you know, to my family. I've got three daughters and my wife, and so. Um, you know, I, I do take some time to kind of let it sink in, but then immediately we're off to the next uh, next opponent, breaking down film and, and going through the, uh, root, the routine that we have every week. And, um, you know, it's just right now we're just playing really well. The kids have done a great job buying into our, what we do schematically. And it's um, I think, you know, we've got the trigger man, which we've talked about, and it, that helps that helps out a lot. So. I've got twin girls that will be nine months old tomorrow. So girl parent <laughs> club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. I was just talking with somebody. I, I, I It's going to get real crazy when they're all in, you know, back to back to back and early high school, middle school, my house is going to be. Oof. I know I'm right <laughs> yeah, there with yeah. you. In a game like the one with Perry that seemed, I mean, from those of us who are watching from afar, it seemed like it was just absolute craziness that was going on. And I think, frankly, both of you just scored again uh, with, with, a, with a game like that. But when you're in a game like that, you know, I was asking about, you know, trying to enjoy a game where you're putting up a lot of offensive numbers. How frantic are those shootouts where you're sitting there and it's like, OK, they scored. Now it's our turn and we've got to We've got to keep pace. How frantic are games like those, especially for a first year head coach and a first year staff? Well, yeah, I mean, that game was, it was wild. We were down at one point, 28 to three. Um, and we got two quick touchdowns before um, half to get us within, um, I think it was 17. Uh, I, I can't remember now, but it was, uh, I just felt like at halftime, I told our kids, you know, that, you know, we're still in it. And it's really a tribute to, you know, us when we got here, you know, I felt like this team needed, kind of a shot in the arm and when I'm when I say that I'm you know we're just not very real confident and you know when when things would happen that you know didn't go their way had a tendency to kind of you know tank it and so I was real proud of how they 
handled it at halftime that we started to get momentum and then yes you're right I mean that second half it was score for score <laughs> and then finally we had the ball last we made a good a great stop on a uh you know a, a fourth and short um or a third and short excuse me they punted we got a good return and then we drove it down and scored with 10 seconds and just chose to go for two to uh, we just had to we had to get the game over. <laughs> I didn't want to get my heart couldn't take it anymore, and I, I didn't want to go to overtime with those guys. Coach Smith does a fantastic job there, and you know they're they're definitely a, a team on the rise, obviously. Well, now you get a much needed week off to prepare for the school mm-hmm. that you were just at. You were the offensive mm-hmm. coordinator for Warner Robins. What is it going to be like facing them? Yeah, that's going to be um that's going to be a pretty emotional game. I I've, I've got a lot of respect for Coach Westbrook, for uh, Chris McCook, the principal, for the kids, a lot of love for those kids and uh you know, I was I was there for 3 years, uh both my coordinators, uh Kelly Chastain, my offensive coordinator and then obviously Coach Singletary both came with me from Warner Robins. So it's 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 going to be a uh a, a very emotional it's probably going to be a packed house at freedom field Mm -hmm. i imagine um you know it's going to be exciting um you know we've luckily we've got some time to kind of get ready for them we've got this week off like you said and so we've already started to kind of get that process going and try to heal up some injuries going into that game. It's going to be it's going to be real exciting. Jeremy Edwards, the head coach of Houston County, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. And that was going to be my next question. Do you want the bye week now traditionally? I mean, you're, you're 4-0, you're rolling. Do you want a bye week now with the momentum that you've gotten? But it sounds like with the, the, the injuries and the little nicks here and there that you'll take the bye week now because of all of that. Yeah, so honestly, when I got here, um, our athletic director, Jason Brett, had, had already got the schedule worked out, which took a little bit, off, you know, a lot off my plate, to be quite honest. And uh, and he set it up great. I mean, we were able to get some some uh, good games, you know, a couple home games and uh, get our non-region schedule. Uh, but, yeah, it just worked out that way where we got the bye week. It's unusual for Warner Robins because they have to play a region game, John. They play Dutchtown, and then they get back out of region to play us. So it's kind of unusual for them, but for us, it, it worked out good. But, obviously, uh, we've got Warner Robins, Lee, and Northside back-to-back-to-back. So, <laughs> you know, we, we need this this time to – you know, we're going to get a couple guys back that we had injured. Um you know, and so we're we're we we feel like we're in a good spot right now. You kind of answered my last question for you, and I was going to ask about region play because it looks pretty tough coming up. You got Lee County, Northside, yeah. Thomas County Central, Tiff County, and you in the regular season with veterans. Yeah. I guess how have you prepared your team, and what have you learned about your team heading into region play? Well, you know, again, and I hate to keep using the the reference, but the Perry game was just great yeah. for us to to be able to. You know, we talk about, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, things like that with our core values. And that obviously that wasn't a comfortable situation at one time being down 28 to three. But now they know that, you know, no matter what's going on in the game, that they're they're able to, um, you know, make to come back and, and win it. And if they play to the end and play hard. So it's kind of justifies the things that they've heard from me and my staff since January, you know, um, you know, I, I'm sure after a while they here, I had to bring guest speakers in cause I got tired of hearing my own self, talk, <laughs> to be honest. So, you know, we're just trying to, you know, we're trying to change a culture and, 
you know, a lot of times you get lost in that and um, people get very excited. You know, we are 4-0, but this is only year one, so we're still trying to build it. But you're right. I mean, the, the region is tough. We got to go to Lee County. We got to go to TCC. And so those are going to be tough games for us, we know, as well as Northside and Veterans and TIFF. But um, we're excited for the challenge. And, um, you know, like I said, I just feel like that, you know, we're, the way that the schedule worked out, it, it, it just kind of things are sort of falling into place for us right now. We just got to keep the momentum going. So then let me ask you this. You, you mentioned bringing in guest speakers to, to help with messaging and make sure that everyone's on the same page and continues to be on the same page. When it comes to you needing advice, who is on your speed dial on your phone that you can sit there and call at a moment's notice? I mean, short of maybe 2.30 in the morning when you're going to get the, you know, the, the glass of water and you've got a, an idea in your head. Mm-hmm. Who are those coaches on your speed dial for you that you can sit there and get advice from that can help you along in this process? Well, there's no doubt it's uh, it's Von Lasseter, which you know that's gonna gonna be no surprise to you because he was here at one time uh, when I got this job. Uh, he reached out to me, um, and it, he's a phenomenal human being. He makes me better as a person. Um, you know, he, whether it be just life in general or football or or whatever it may be, I know I can always call you know count on him if I. I need some any, any any kind of advice, you know, and so he's he's just been really good. Obviously, he'd been here and sat in this chair before, so he knows this area, he knows this school and the dynamics of the school. So he's been he's been phenomenal for me, um, you know, just kind of working through some some you know obviously first year head coaching type things that come up, and so I would say he's. 100% the one that I'm that I that I call and we talk you know a couple times a week and have developed a really good friendship uh, over the last couple months. Did you know Coach Laster was going to be on the podcast today? No, you, did, you I did just not. you just buttering him up. <laughs> Is he really on it? He's, yeah, yeah, he's, he's on after you. <laughs> oh wow! Well, no, I had no idea. Talk I about a no transition. Idea. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah, I wish he was on now. I, I, hopefully, <laughs> I mean he. Yeah, he's my guy. I love Coach Laster. He's great. I didn't. I did not know that. See, you're reading. You're reading all of our game notes now. When it when it <laughs> yeah. comes to when it comes to yeah. the weekly show. So yeah, it's you and Vaughn. That that's what it is this yeah. week. My my last question for you is the the question that we do with recruiting 2022. End of the show every single week. Hannah, Matt, and I we always have emails and stuff on gpb.org for make that kid an offer. Now that you've had some time between the last time that we talked and now where you're out of the blocks at 4-0 and you're in top 10s in some polls early here in the week, when it comes to your roster right now, is there someone or some ones where you would sit there and say that for whatever reason they're overlooked, underappreciated, you know, they pick your cliche, they're too small, they're too whatever, that they're, they're, their metrics aren't what folks meet. Is there anyone or any ones as a part of uh, the the roster there at Hoco that would sit there and you would sit there and say, make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer? Who comes to mind? Well, the one that I mentioned to you when you came and visited me was uh, Nick Jordan, and I still stand by that. Now, he's been injured. Now, we get him back. I took him to the doctor this morning, and he's he's back. So we're looking forward to getting him back. But I have to say – 
that Ricky Johnson is definitely the one that you'd need to make an offer. Um, he's our junior receiver. Um, shoot, I think he had five catches the other night for 200-plus yards, yeah. and uh, two or three of them went for touchdowns. Yeah, 202 so he, and three last week, yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, he, he's been, you know, he was a, a kid that, you know, was just, he didn't play here last year. Uh, he showed up at the school. He was in a general PE class, and uh, our strength coach was in there and noticed him. And, you know, we do like a gut check thing in the off season, and he was there, and he moved around, and we were super impressed, and he's been nothing but impressive since. So there you go. Ricky Johnson, last week, 202 and 3. Add him to the make that make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer. Yes, sir. When it comes to make that kid an offer. Well, uh, anything else for Coach before we go, Hannah? No, this was great. Thank you for your time, Coach. So, yeah, I appreciate having me. Yeah, Jeremy Edwards, head coach of Houston County, he's got a week off so he can enjoy the rest of the show with a guy that's on speed dial who's coming up next. Coach, thanks for hanging out with us on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Yes, sir. Thank you all so much. So we continue the podcast in Middle Georgia, and we move from Warner Robins over to Cochran, catch up with one of the guys who is undefeated out of the blocks this season in 2022, the 3-0 Bleckley County Royals, and their head coach, Von Lasseter. Hey, Coach Lasseter. So we just had Houston County coach Jeremy Edwards on, and he said that you are one of his close friends and that you are his go-to for advice and for everything coaching in his first year as a head coach. And he also wanted to call you out for probably napping these past 30 minutes oh, wow. and not calling in wow. to our show earlier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, see, Coach Coach Edwards, uh, I, I just was gracious enough to allow him, <laughs> when he came to our OPA, to sleep in my back room back there. I put a pallet down for him, made it up for him so he wouldn't have to sleep in the gym on the hard floor. <laughs> I was gracious enough to do that for him, and then he calls me out. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. says, that's my nap room. Yep. But, uh, you know, that's his nap room. That's where he sleeps at So <laughs> when he comes summer times. Oh, my gosh, that is so funny. Well, along those same lines, I guess, what sort of advice have you passed his way? Well, you know, we when, when you've done this for, I guess this is my 11th year as a head coach and 22 over 22 years uh, total when you've kind of started up two different programs and, you know, kind of got things going again a little, you know, we were fortunate enough to just be in the right place at the right time with good players. Then, and, you know, he's, he's where I was, you know, 11 years ago and I know exactly where he was and know exactly what he's you know faced with. And, and so whenever, you know, we have common issues to come up with, with the things he was dealing with on the front end, and I, I, I could relate because I'd been there. And so I think it was an easy, you know, fix for me to kind of give him some advice of some things to do to help him out and some people to know and people to call and people to get to, to help. And, and, and I, I was just real fortunate to be in a place where I could do that, you know. And, I, I, I you know, it comes from, like, meeting boosters to calling on people to help with your program to – finding somewhere to buy double cheeseburgers. I mean, there's all kinds of things that that you, you just don't know when you get somewhere new. And, and if you have a, a person that knows those things, and it's, it's real important to be able to reach out to them. See, he mentions double cheeseburgers, and I haven't had lunch yet as we're talking, <laughs> just making me absolutely hungry. How hard was it for you in your first year as a head coach? Uh, the first year in a new program is, is usually the, the, the toughest because you're kind of you, you're, you're wandering through a – a, a place that you're not real familiar with and, and you get 
things coming your way that you haven't had to handle before and and then you've got to react to them and you can you can ask for advice but in the end of the day you've got to make the decision so i tell everybody all my friends if you can make it through that first year if i if i i could do a whole segment on things that went crazy the first year at houston county high school um if you can make it through that first year then then you can survive anything and so um i, I think that that those first years kind of prepare you for the worst of the worst so that you can enjoy the the good times to come. Well, you said you're 11 and you've gotten off to a great start so far, 3 and 0 with a big win over Sly County, 17 to nothing. I want you to break that one down, but I want to start defensively cuz you held Sly to minus 31 yards rushing. That's a pretty good number right there. Yeah, our defensive group is, you know, a veteran group of people that <laughs> play together a long time and they kind of know how to fix problems on the field um and and they play extremely hard and are physical we've got guys that can run and just uh just a lot of fun to be around every day and a lot of fun to coach and our staff uh coach will connor and and our and our, our whole defensive staff they do a phenomenal job of preparing these kids and holding them accountable for doing the right things and and i just couldn't be more proud of them they, they are a fun group to watch Reclassification sent you back down to single A. What has it been like with this new round of reclassification where you're now in Class A Division One as opposed to where you were before? It's about the same. You know, I mean, it, it opened us up to be able to play some some teams that we hadn't played in a few years, like Dublin. We're excited about that. Um, you know, East Lawrence, being able to get, play those guys again. Um, and, and then the, the bad thing is, you know, we were separated from Dodge. We're thankful we get to play them still because they're just right down the road from us. But um, so it was exciting having a little bit of a different deal, you know. But they're still really tough teams in, in both classifications. I mean, a lot of a lot of really good football teams are in this class, and uh, you know, a lot of them are in this region. And so we're we're excited about getting to play some. Some new opponents, but also we understand the challenge that's ahead of us because of uh, the, the caliber of teams that we're going to have to play. How difficult was it for you to fill out a schedule? Because you, your region, you know, isn't one of those at six or seven games or anything like that. You're you're almost to the point of being a mini region. How difficult was it for you to fill out your schedule? It was really tough. You know, um, I think when. When you have success, and we've been fortunate to win a few games here, then it makes it tough for finding people that that you know are close by that want to play because there's there's some smaller schools around that you know they they're looking for wins and they're not really looking for uh, you know to play to play teams that are really good right now and um it's just, it's just tough you know and and then you don't want to travel all over the world which we are, are having to do a lot this year um, kind of want to keep travel to a minimum and then. Uh, you know, it's it's just it's just tough. It's really hard when you when you're trying to find that many games. I want to circle back and give your offense a shout out too for the big game against Sly County. Javon Butler rushed for 172 yards and two scores on 22 carries. Big night for him, I guess. Tell me about your offense and what's working so far this year. Yeah, you know, we we started out kind of slow, had some turnovers. We didn't score the first half, and, and you know, it's a you know Sly's a really good football team, obviously. Coach Alford and his staff did a phenomenal job there. But we, we were kind of sluggish. Ball was a little wet. We had some turnovers, and uh, things just didn't go our way penalty-wise early on. Um, but we did we did run the ball well, and uh, we did, you know, do some things that, 
that helped get us in position to to score a few points and uh, just wasn't our best night, but it was still not a bad night by any means. And Javon played really well. Vaughn Lasseter, the head coach of the Bleckley County Royals, hanging out with us here on the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast for another couple of minutes. Two quick questions for me to wrap up. When it comes to uh, what you're building, going back home, for those that don't know, you're from Bleckley, you went back home to Cochran, you're now the head coach there. You started something that I thought was really cool and unique. You had Midnight Madness to start things off for, for practice this year. What's been the response to Midnight Madness there at Bleckley? Our kids loved it. The parents thought I was crazy, you know, because a lot, of, a lot of them had to go to work the next day. But, <laughs> you know, we our kids really enjoyed it. It was cooler. It was, it's was it been a hot summer, so it was it was good to get out, you know, under the lights and when it wasn't quite as hot. Um, we got to feed our kids and hang out with them and, you know, help build those relationships that we that we try to do. And um, and then you know we we started pre-planning that Monday the day after, which was tough on our coaches, but it kind of gave us a, a day to get everything situated in the school building to start the school year off. And so it was a plus for everybody. And I I don't know how it'll work out again next year. I haven't looked at the dates, but I think that's something that we'll try to continue to do. Our, our kids are really excited about, it and they really enjoyed it. And as long as they're having fun, then and we'll we'll try to do it. Is this a, a midnight practice? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, legit. That's wild. Yeah, midnight practice. Hey, you know, it's just like they do in college basketball. Hey, first day, we'll do midnight madness. That's what they did this yeah, season. I, I'm asleep by like 10, so. Well, she's got <laughs> twins, and so that's why, you know, that's why she's asleep by that's 10 late. o'clock. Last question yeah. for you, and uh, thanks for hanging out. At the end of Recruiting 2022, we have, Matt, Hannah, and I have a segment called Make That Kid an Offer. And what we like to do is focus on those student athletes that are overlooked for whatever reason, you know, geography, uh, classification, they're too whatever. And I'll just go ahead and use the air quotes. You know, they're not tall enough. They're not fast enough, whatever. Is there an athlete or athletes there on the roster this year where you'd like to sit there and raise your hand in the air and sit there and go, make that kid an offer or make that kid a better offer than what they currently have? Yeah, I, I've got – that's a great question, and I've got hopefully a great response for that. We've got uh, a really, really good players on our team, and, and we have one kid with a with an offer currently, and that's our – our uh, free safety is offered to Air Force, and that's the only Air Force – or that's the only offer he has right now. But I've got several. I mean, I've got uh, guys that are just dominant defensive players like Christian Newbern, Austin Johnson, Nehemiah Mack. Um, those guys are, are – are, are players that can play at a very high level and they love football, you know, and, and they're, you know, maybe a little undersized, maybe haven't gotten the looks they needed from, you know, people around, but they're guys that, that, that can really, really play and, and they're going to make somebody really good football players. And then on the offensive side, you know, we've got Jaden Mobley, who's a little bit of an undersized receiver, but he's got a lot of catches. And then Eli Mullis, who is our quarterback, he may play tight in at the next level, but he's, he's just a really good player. And, those are guys that in the old days before the transfer portal would have already have offers and they'll already probably already be looking to commit to schools. But uh, unfortunately, because of the way the transfer portal works, it's, guys like that are the last ones to go because they're going to see what they can get in the portal first and then and then make the offers. So, uh, but those guys, uh, we've got several of those guys. We don't have a five-star on our team uh, like we've had in the past. Uh, we, we've got just several guys that love each other, play hard together, and, and they're going to be really good college football players somewhere. 
Well, Coach Laster, that's great stuff. Thank you so much for your time today. Before we let you go, I have one request. Uh oh, here we go. You got to tell Coach Harbor that we said hey. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I sure will. He's uh, he's in there getting ready for our, our six period weightlifting class right now, so I, I'll, he'll be glad to hear from you guys for okay. sure. Mountain Dew in hand, I'm sure. Vaughn, thanks for hanging out with us. We'll be keeping an eye on things down there in Class A in Cochrane. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks. Enjoyed it as always. That was fun. Yeah, it always is. Two besties well, in yeah. middle Georgia. And that was the thing that got me was it's like, hey, wait a minute. It, it just Jeremy just seamlessly leads us into our Von Lasseter interview. We could have just had him introduce him, honestly. Yeah, Maybe that's what we should have done. And here's our second guest, <laughs> Von Lasseter, the head coach of the Bleckley County Royals. Now, that was very, very cool. Uh, that was awesome. So good, what's good on your get, mind? Good, good job, John. Oh, okay. So uh, staff whip around. We got to do staff that. Staff whip around? Okay. All right. We'll start with you. Sure. Do we have tissues? We don't need them. <laughs> hey, shout out to Osborne for beating Lakeside 55 to nothing. It was 48 nothing at the half, yes. What is what is Osborne's record now? Osborne, I think, is All still that. undefeated. So do we need to get the Osborne coach on? We ha- Well, I mean, we had the Sprayberry coach on on the Reno. postgame show. What uh, about the Osborne coach? I mean, for Osborne, traditionally, they win three or four games a year. This is something that uh, that Osborne is is facing that is unfamiliar territory for a minute. I can't remember the last time that they had a start that was this good. Hold on. Efforting. Efforting. I'm looking. I'm looking. This is what happens when we go to the... 2021, they were 1-8. and Right. 2020, 1-9. Yeah. 0-10, 0-10, 0-9, 1-8. They had three wins in 2015. Correct. This is a big deal. Yeah. I mean, like I said, traditionally three or four for Osborne is a a season that is uh, is above the pale. For them, and so this—the fact that they're out of the blocks this way—is even bigger for them. I take the crown this week. Laster beat Woodstock sixty-four to fourteen. Yeah, because it was. Uh, I, I, I went. I win the staff. I think it was fifty-two at one point. Yeah. So no, you just have the most offensive <laughs> output this week for the staff whip around. Uh, Sandy is not here. Decatur lost to Greater Atlanta Christian. 36 to 9, but we have someone new in the control room. Yes. Ambassador Jeremy, we're calling Ambassador Jeremy Powell. He is one of the the senior podcast gurus. Mm -hmm. So, uh, and he's back in the back. He's got the. uh, He's got the newsboy cap. He's ready to go. And we have a new school that we can. Darlington School. The Darlington School out of single A. So, Darlington has been ranked. They are in class A Division I. Jerry Sharp Field on the campus of the Darlington School. They're 3 0 right now. They were off. So they didn't lose. They host Northwest Whitfield in a kind of one of those regional uh, regional rivalry games. So uh, Northwest Whitfield heading to Darlington. So uh, Ambassador Jeremy has an, a battle of undefeateds this week. So we'll get into that too. For James, Central Macon lost to Worth County 32-7. to Worth County's done really well this Jake, year. Jake Parkview beat North Gwinnett. Yeah, yeah, obviously. Because it was kind of like our game of the week, you know. Just, I was like, "Wait, there's no score." Uh duh. That's because we, just spent the we entire better first know, we better know the score of that one. The first segment of the show, yeah, yeah, yeah. Hannah, all of a sudden okay. has forgotten. I honestly, honestly, guys, after Friday, I just erased the week from my mind and I restart Monday. Like today, I might as well just have not lived through the last month of high school football. I just start fresh. I only have so much mental capacity with twins. <laughs> We get through the week and it's like okay, gone. Uh huh. Next week. Yeah. Okay. Like I have to look at notes to like see what happened. Okay. All right. 
My mind just goes blank. All right. Okay. Anyway, speaking of this coming Friday. There you go. All right. Here's your plug. Here's our Football Friday in Georgia game of the week. Lowndes versus East Coweta. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. Uh, John Small has been uh, building the program up there at East Cow- uh, down there at East Coweta, down in Sonoy. And a lot of folks may remember Danny Chronic with uh, his successes that he had at East Coweta. A lot of folks might remember a linebacker for the Atlanta Falcons and at Georgia Tech, Keith Brooking from East Coweta. It was uh, story time with John. Oh, gosh. When East Coweta Two made— Two in one show? I know. Well, one, one in the first block and one in the okay. last block. Okay. But, no, it was funny. When East Coweta made the semifinals, and uh, Brook, I think, had just started his career with the Atlanta Falcons, he's on the sidelines. You know, East Coweta's in the semifinal, and they're having— they're, playing for a place in a championship game. And Keith, you know, he, he's he's not the smallest guy in the world. You know, as a, as a pro linebacker, I think he was like 6'3", about 230 okay. at the time. And so imagine having a 6'3", 230-pound linebacker trying not to show his excitement when East Coweta does a good play. And it's like he's, you know, <laughs> flag gets thrown, the hat gets spiked, uh, touch, you know, big positive play. He's like jumping up and down and everything. And I ended up doing an interview with him in, in like mid game as he's trying to be a fan on the sidelines. And I said, you know, Brooke, uh, folks kind of know that you're here. You can't hide under your <laughs> you're hat. You're six three. You're six three, and everybody knows you in this town. So it was kind of funny to get his reaction as a fan on the sidelines in that game. But, yeah, it's like he living with his heart on his sleeve when East Coweta made the semifinals. But, no, it'll be good to have. I think it's the first time that we've had East Coweta on our air yeah, for Football Fridays. So too. And uh, Lowndes with Zach Grage, first-year head coach there, coming over from Thomasville, one of the forces in South Georgia coming north. And that's uh, that's going to be a fun one here on uh, GPB-TV starting at uh, 7 o'clock with Recruiting 2022, kickoff a little after 7.30. And an announcement to make: We are doing two web games. Like I said, I week. feel like we need a trumpet fanfare or something. You know, Boo-boo. there you go. Okay, there's your yeah, nailed it. There you go. Nailed, nailed, it. nailed it. So our web game series have been so the, successful. The pluses have done well. We're, we're trying to name it GBB Sports Plus, but I, I got the, um, the the red light that we're not there yet. Okay, we're not. We can't call it that yet. Okay, but we're working on it. All right, so it's a web game. So web game number one, Colin Sill versus Sandy Creek. We got Wiley Ballard on the mic. We oh, got yep. two cameras. Velvet Fog. So that's a good one. Right. And then um, our single camera web game number two is Prince Avenue Christian versus Elka. So mm-hmm. you have three games coming at you from GPB that you can watch all simultaneously. Uh-huh. So you can go to gpb.org slash sports to watch the streams or download the GPB Sports app. That's a really good way to watch. So here's our request. We want to see your multi-screen experience. We want to see you with all three games in in your viewing area. If it's your your living room, your your cave, the office downstairs, send us the photos of you watching all of the games on GPB. Send us those photos because we want to share them yeah. and we want to show off your your man cave, your cave, your office, your living room. We want to show off those spaces, your TV room. Show us that you're watching all three games and what your configuration is. I think that's going to be a fun one with three games on GPB on Friday night. So tweet us. John is on Twitter at OSG Nelson. Check. I'm Hannah C. Gooden. Yep. Don't forget to follow GPB Sports 
at GBB Sports on all social medias. We got the TikToks, mm-hmm. we got the Twitches, mm-hmm. we've got Recruiting 2022, and we've got Countdown to Kickoff coming up Thursday live at noon. We have some new folks and new viewers in there this uh, year, so thanks everybody for watching and no following doubt. along. Yep. And of course, blogs are out, so lo- lots lots to do, lots going on. And that's a show, John. That's a show. So for now, let me get the let me get the list. Even though intern Stephen isn't here, I'm going to include him. <laughs> And even since Commander Sandy isn't here, I'm going to include just, her. We might as well just include everyone out in the entire office. But that's what I, yeah, for everybody here at GPB Sports. For for intern Steven, who's not here in the studio. For Commander Sandy, who's not here this week. For Chairman Jeremy Powell, who's here this week. For Jake the Snake, King James, for Hannah. I'm just John. Thanks for hanging out with us here at GPB Sports. That's another round of the Football Fridays in Georgia podcast. Play it safe, everybody. Enjoy the game. to you by the Georgia Governor's Office of Highway Safety, reminding you to buckle up, Georgia.